Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And we've got quite the episode this week for a number of different reasons. We get to start by recapping Michigan. Who wouldn't want to recap just a big payday? We are going to dive into the gambling success there and also a little bit about the race itself, what to take away, because then... We are going to turn our sights to Daytona, back in Daytona for the summer, the night race, the Coke Zero 400. It's a yearly tradition, and this year, it for the second time in a row, is the race before the playoffs. So we have a lot to break down for the Daytona race. We're going to try to talk winners. We're going to talk about the odds that came out, a lot of topics to get into here, but course we'll talk winners of course we'll talk top 10s top 20s guys that we like and then we have another full tank face-off we've got our guy chris jumping on he had reached out a while back and we are glad to have him come on to do the face-off for the head-to-head section where we break down three matchups and we're going to track them see who comes out victorious this weekend between the two of us so a ton to get to so stay tuned for that But, of course, we're going to recap Michigan. It was a big win with Ryan Blaney cashing in. He had the plus 1,800 bet. Unbelievable. Uh, FanDuel actually had him at plus 2,200 on race day. I snagged him at that value as well. Very happy about that. But, of course, if you win the race, you're going to be the top forward. And that was another bet that we had called out. Um, So, Blaney all around, the, the forward bet as well as like Chris Busher, top 20s. It just seemed like, you know, everything was really coming into place here for us. And a lot of our friends in the gambling community seemed to have a great day as well. I mean, Jordan McAbee, Fantasy Racing Online, he had tweeted out his article with a bunch of the, the hits, that similar bets that we had, but also um, some different ones as well that hit. So he had a big day. Our guys at bettheprop.com, Steve and Phil from a couple weeks ago, they had a big day head-to-heads. I mean, if you were following their head-to-heads, you were definitely making out on top. Um, our head-to-heads didn't pan out as good as those. And then we even had some some people reaching out. I mean, our guy Tim on Instagram had an AJ Allmendinger win on Saturday that he was able to cash in on and uh, use that money on Sunday. So it was just like... An all-around good vibe for this weekend. Everybody getting a piece of Michigan. Everybody in the fam's eating here. And you got to love that. So um, love to see that, especially when we've got Daytona coming up. Because you just roll those winnings right into this upcoming race. Because you're going to need them. But as far as the race is concerned, this was not a fluky win for Blaney. To me, this was a power move. A lot of things to break down here. I mean, strong, strong showing. You could see he was a, a good car all race. From the drop of the green flag, he was definitely one. I mean, I was watching, but he dropped back a little bit in the first stage and then kind of fought through things. 
was a benefactor of uh, the choose lane. He was able to jump up onto the front row, and he was on uh, the radio talking with someone, telling them that if it wasn't for Kyle Busch, he would not have gotten that win, which is funny because we were on Kyle Busch's top five bet, and I guess Kyle pushing him kind of sacrificed himself there, and I think any gambler would take the, the plus 2200 bet over the minus uh, 125 to finish in the top five for Kyle Busch any day of the week. So we thank you, Kyle, for uh, pushing Blaney when he needed it. So interesting how that played out. And Blaney said to him straight up or on the radio, if I have an opportunity to help out the 18 in the future, I'll do so, which is kind of funny because they're cross teams, cross manufacturers. So very interesting. Uh, but overall, another takeaway from that race Austin Dillon getting sent into the wall by Kozlowski. That was just such a letdown for that team. And, you know, as a fan of the race, I mean, Dillon was scorching the field early. And you hate to see a good car get wrecked, but that's what happened there. So we're going to talk about Austin in a little bit more into this podcast, but that's one takeaway heading into next week. Like, how does he rebound? Because it was shocking to me to see the speed that they had at Michigan. So what do they have in store for us at Daytona? I'm very anxious. We'll talk more about that later. But overall, just a good weekend in Michigan for the gamblers and uh, for the, the fan-favorite NASCAR drivers out there like the Blaney's and the Elliott's and the Larson's. So good all around. Feel-good story. So then we turn our sights to the big one. We've got Daytona coming up. It's the night race, and this couldn't set up any better for NASCAR because there's one spot available, and, you know, anybody can win. That's the whole thing. That's the whole reason why they've moved this race to where it is on the schedule is to promote this anybody has a chance to sneak in in the playoffs factor. McDowell proved it in the 500. Anybody can win this race. Now, we were all over McDowell, saying that he's dominant here and he owns this place um, to a certain extent. But you still get the picture. I mean, the, the door is open for anyone to try to sneak up and surprise everyone. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But if you're Dylan and Reddick, hey, this is not, especially if you're Reddick, you cannot be comfortable. Just because you're in all the points does not mean that you are in because anybody can do this. So taking a look at the track stats. There have been 148 races all-time at Daytona. It's no surprise. It's one of the most historic places in all of motorsports. The winner has started on the pole 26 times out of that 148. The last time it happened was Dale Jr., 2015. The winner has started in the top five 74 times. That's 57%. And starting in the top 10, it's 77%, which is a little surprising, you know, for a super speedway. You think you can win from anywhere three-fourths of the time they're starting in the top 10 that's interesting mcdowell for the record started 17th in the daytona 500 and the winner starting outside of the top 12 denny hamlin did it in 2020 it's only happened 12 times including that 2020 victory so something to consider maybe a lot of those stats were kind of built up from early in the days of nascar here at daytona and now more recently it's kind of an everybody can get in on this type of thing but in any case, the stats are what they are. And manufacturer trends, well, Ford won in the start of the season. But before that, it was really just a Chevy and Toyota party. So 
interesting now that all three are kind of back into it and um, you could really make a case for any of the three manufacturers it'd be interesting to say if you stop a random person on the street hey daytona what team do you see up front you know i think anybody kind of has their own picture of what they're used to seeing so that's what makes this racetrack so fun to watch now let's take a look at the different stats that i'm recalling out on this episode just so we're all on the same page as to what we're referring to so i typically like to go for a average finish stat we're going to look at the last 10 races for driver rating i couldn't find a site that's given me the last 10 races for driver rating so we're going to be going from the last seven the last 2018 and more recent races so that's roughly seven races for anyone that's been in the circuit long enough and then i'm also going to be diving in to something a little bit different i'm focusing on the last five night races in the summertime so I know that the 500 can, on weather delay and everything, end up at night. But I'm calling them out as night races, as in the scheduled night race in the summertime. So that's what we're referring to. Because one of the reasons why it's worth looking into is the names actually kind of change when you're looking at the stats from just the summer race aspect. The names are a little bit different. And that kind of coincides with when you're looking back at the Coke Zero 400 winners, there's some wonky names in there, some some different names. You've got Ricky Stenhouse, Amarola, Eric Jones, you know, William Byron, Justin Haley. I mean, guys that are different. I mean, there's no way about it. So I'm sorry if I insulted your favorite driver there, not meaning to. It's just, it's not the Denny Hamlins of the world that everyone's kind of used to talking about now when we're getting to these super speedways. So keep your eyes peeled because we're going to be talking about that quite a bit. I'm going to be using that stat as a tipping point on a few different bets. Now, the sports books release the odds, and they kind of slowly release them. I actually expected the odds to be out early and often and hot and heavy this week because it's a Saturday race, but... um, That was not the case. It took a little while for DraftKings to finally come around. uh, And the odds to win the race are very strange to me. Um, Denny Hamlin is your favorite, plus 750 right now. You might be able to get some better value on FanDuel, but they put them out and then took them away. So they're always kind of weird. But Hamlin is the favorite here. And plus 750 is, you know, right around the number that you're going to see on most sports books, which Again, a little bit shorter than I think I would have expected. Um, And then as you go down the list, they're they're all bunched up. You're not really getting longer odds like you're used to seeing. Um, There's a few guys who, you know, you could call out maybe typically when we're here in the springtime and at Talladega, you're getting like plus 6,000. But instead, they're like right around like 2,500. And... It's like that, like up and down the board. Some some guys just getting some shorter odds than you would have thought. And I would have to say that that's because maybe they're just tired of getting smoked by these long shots. I mean, Blaine was another one last week where plus 1,800 was another one that kind of killed the books. And we've had this season some wild card winners with some longer odds. So they're probably saying to themselves, hey, it's Daytona. Anything can happen. Let's try to, you know, restrict how bad we might get beat. This week, if it is somebody that's a little bit off the beaten path. So that doesn't stop at the picks to win the race because you look at the top 10s, you look at the top 20s. 
I mean, I've been loving the top 20 value recently, and this week there is not much value at top 20. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple guys, but you're still not getting really just the value that we're used to getting in the top 20 section. I mean, you could usually look at the full slate of guys that they list there, and it's about half and half or minus money and plus money. This week, there's only a few guys that are plus money. So some some longer odds there. That's crazy. I mean, that is really crazy. So they are definitely adjusting, maybe over-adjusting, you could say, this week. But very strange overall what you're looking at when you're talking about the odds. But at the same time, I mean, can you blame them? Anything can happen at Daytona. I mean, a well-thought-out, detail-oriented pick can just completely go up in flames on the third lap of a race on these super speedways. So maybe they are on to something there. But without further ado, let's get to why you're probably here. Picks to win the race this week. So I'm going to call out a couple guys in the picks to win section like I normally do, three to be exact. And then I'm going to talk in the next segment about finishing position. But I want to make it clear, any of these guys that I'm calling out here, I think could win the race. We'll touch on more down the road. But this is the the three guys that I'm calling out specifically. William Byron, plus 1,200. He's my first guy. All right. He's the defending champion of this race, and he's starting second. He's got seven races in his career at Daytona. He's got one win, two top fives. But... The thing about it is he's more of a nighttime guy, more of a summer race kind of guy. Both the win and his second place finish have come in the summer race. So why is that? Is it because the pressure of the Daytona 500 is kind of off of him? I mean, he's a guy, when I think of William Byron, Super Speedways, he's a guy who likes to set the tone. He likes to be out front. He likes to be dictating the pace and kind of controlling, you know, the different trains of flow throughout the race and you know starting up front i mean that is definitely going to be beneficial for someone who likes to do that he likes to lead laps he's led laps in every race of his career at daytona that is an interesting fact and in the summer races he's leading more so 44 last year or yeah in the summer race last year 43 the year before that so his average finish at daytona in his seven races 20.7, but at night, it jumps up to 11.7. That's first out of everyone in the circuit in the summer race, which is a very interesting stat to me, to to have a guy who changes that much, 20, almost 10 positions. Um, That's just wild. His driver rating also kind of tells that story. It's 12th on the circuit. So that's telling you that he is somebody who's just not getting the finishes that he deserves. 78.7 is the average finish. So if he can survive by being up front, then that's the type of race he wants to run. Then we are all good. Those are solid odds there. Plus 1200 for William Byron. I will take it. You got the Hendrick love. Uh, I'm someone who, you know, definitely thinks that Hendrick is bringing something solid to these super speedways lately you got larson he's going to be up there with him uh william byron right there he proved that he can get this done last year so lock me in for the 24 car at plus 1200 
Now, I'm going to jump to a teammate, but not a teammate that you're probably thinking of. Plus 1,800, okay? Plus 1,800 for Alex Bowman. We talked about how the summer race kind of lends itself to some different people winning. Well, I would say that he's kind of off the beaten trail. That's that type of pick. And when he wins a race... It typically seems like, I mean, I haven't gone back through his whole career, but to me, it typically seems like when he does win one, nobody was really talking about him leading into that race. And that is the type of vibe that we're getting right here, in my opinion, from Alex Bowman. And he is very capable of of going out and stealing one this weekend. Seven starts, two top tens. Both of those were in the summer race. He finished seventh last year. His average finish is eighth out of everyone. 17.9 in all of the Daytona races in the last 10. But if you want to focus kind of like what we were doing a second ago with Byron, just focusing on the summer night race, his average finish improves to 12.7. That's good enough for second out of everyone. So in his career, in the summer races, he has been able to run every lap except for one. He keeps it clean, and that's what you want. So the interesting thing here is he has started every single race at Daytona within the top 10. But this week, he is starting 15th. So the interesting thing on this bet is going to be to see what Bowman does. Is he trying to hook up with his teammates who are up front, or does he run in the back? If you're listening to me, Alex, I'm telling you, run in the back. You have no reason to mess around up front. You're already locked in the playoffs. You can take it nice and easy. He is someone who knows how to get around this racetrack. He has two poles here, lifetime. So that's, you know, out of seven races. Hendrick just knows what they're doing at this track. And to look and see Bowman getting plus 1,800 is something that really caught my eye. So if he can do that, he can go out there, run his race, hopefully, my opinion, run in the back, you know, execute on that strategy. He'll be there in the end, and he'll definitely be a force to reckon with when it comes down to that checkered flag. So lock me in, plus 1,800 for the 88 car. So now I can't not talk about Denny Hamlin. I mean, he's going to be the last guy I'm calling out to win the race here because if he were to win, and I didn't throw anything down on him, I'd be pretty upset with myself. So like I said, plus 750 for him as the favorite, plus 850 is what I saw at FanDuel at one point in time. So that'll come back up. FanDuel has typically been a little bit better for certain guys. So for Hamlin, keep your eyes peeled. If you're going to bet on Hamlin, go to FanDuel first. But this has been his playground over the past few years here. And we all know it, right? Anybody that's not been living under a rock in the NASCAR world knows that Denny has just been learning how to figure this place out. It's really true. The 500s, those races are definitely where he shines. But Let's take a look at his last 10 races. Two wins, five top fives, five top tens. And if you look at his last seven races, five of them, he finished in the top five. His average finish out of everyone is second, 13.5. His drive rating is second, 92.1. So he struggles a little bit more at night compared to summertime. If you're looking at the same stats we were looking at with Byron and Bowman, but he finished third here last year. So that would help me make the case that it's less about race to race, Daytona 500, summertime race. It's more about just Denny Hamlin 
figuring out this racetrack and saying, you know, I know what I'm doing here. And he is definitely a candidate for just kind of letting all these guys do their thing, wreck a million times if you want to. I'm just going to hang in the back. He seems to recently know how to get there in the end and be a factor. So that's what I'm looking for here. And, you know, how crazy would it be? You say, yeah, Denny's going to get his first win at Daytona. And it turns out to not be the 500. Imagine saying that to start the season, and you'd be right uh, if you were to go out and win this race. So the other thing about Denny is the points lead is definitely in play. So, I mean, he's got a lot on the line, but also not any pressure, which is kind of a crazy concept. Like, I hope that's making sense, what I'm trying to communicate, but that's the type of guy that I wouldn't mind betting on. You know, you got some dog in the fight, but it's not the end of the world if something were to happen. Uh, I'm I'm digging it. So the 11 car here definitely makes sense to me. I mean, I would have liked to have seen better odds, but considering the fact that, you know, you're just not going to get any, the odds are what they are, I got to try to choose the winning horse here. And I feel like at Daytona, how could you not choose Denny Hamlin? It would be kind of silly not to. And the other thing is, if you want to bet on Hamlin, this is really the only bet you have because the other finishing position bets are really not profitable for you if you were to throw them out there. So um, this is the best play if you want to play Denny. Um, so lock me in at plus 750. But if I can get him in a better number on FanDuel, lock me in there as well. So just to recap the picks to win the race here, Byron plus 1,200, Bowman plus 1,800, and Denny Hamlin plus 750. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. So now we'll get to the finishing position bets, and this is where we take a look at top 10s, top 20s. Sometimes we take a look at top 5s. Not this week, though. The values are just not there. So horrible values, like I said, at top 20, but we're still going to talk on a couple of these guys. Now, I will say, many of these guys that we're going to talk about, I still like them to win the race. My favorite part about betting on a super speedway race is... The sprinkling around of you know a little bit of money on a lot of different guys who have longer odds. I mean, maybe that's not the smartest thing. You know, there are probably better gamblers out there that you know probably look down on that. But that's how I like to have fun with a race like this, especially in a, a Saturday night race. So I definitely would sprinkle a little bit on some of these guys that we're going to mention. So let's start with you know. We're going to talk about some of the bigger names this week. Bubba Wallace at plus 120 to finish in the top 10. That's the first guy we're going to talk about. Eight career starts at Daytona, two top fives, two top tens. A lot of people probably remember his second place finish in 2018. That probably stands out to a lot of people, and they say, yeah, Bubba Wallace, he's good on super speedways. His average finish, though, backs that up. 15.1, that's third out of everyone in the last 10 races in average finish. That was a surprising stat to me. And then I went and took a look at the night race stats. Well, he's even better. He actually improves on that number to 12.3. That's actually good enough for second. I think I called Bowman out a second ago for being second in the night race average finish stat. He's actually third. It's Bubba who is second with that number. So that is very interesting. And he finished fifth last year. So there's no doubt about it that Bubba has the ability as a driver to go out and get it done. That's a fact. Then you kind of take, you know, everything out of the way for him and just say, hey, go get it. 
There's no restrictions here. Go out and get it done. I don't mind it plus 120 for a top 10 finish. If Bubba can survive, that's the thing. Can he be there in the end? Plus 2,500 is the value to win the race. Like I said, I'll sprinkle a little bit about that on there, but um, finishing the top 10 is really what I'm focusing here on the 23 car. And if that's not enough for you, there's a head-to-head matchup that he's up against. Ryan Newman, he's minus 115 in this matchup, and I think that's a pretty good bet there that Bubba would win that matchup. So just a little extra there for you if you wanted a little bit more on Bubba. But, you know, you got to be considering some of these guys that are not normal names that we're calling out week in and week out on these super speedways because there's a reason for it. Now, I think there's a case to be made, just as a side note here, that if he were to go out and win this race, there's the camp that thinks that sports are rigged, that type of thing. You would say, yeah, maybe maybe there's a chance that sports are rigged. And I say that only because you know, you got the, the Michael Jordan hype, the new team, they're trying to maybe get a second team. It would just like be like too perfect for the media darling to go out and win the race. But if sports are rigged, I want in on that. So give me all of those bets uh, on Bubba Wallace. So now we're going to move to Matt DiBenedetto. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about him specifically with our guest this week, Chris, because I'm pretty sure he's a big fan. But DiBenedetto is going off at plus 100 this week, which is a number that surprised me, honestly. So I talk about how shitty these odds are. This is one that I don't mind. You're getting some decent value here on Matty D finishing in the top 10. And there's no doubt about it. He is on an absolute tear. Since Road America, he has four top 10 finishes in those six races and six straight top 11 finishes. So betting on him to finish in the top 10, no matter what track we're at, has been a decent payout since Road America. Then you take that and you wrap that together with how good he looked last week at Michigan. It was staggering. It was shocking how good he looked. We had our other guy, Phil, a couple Phil's. This was an OG listener, Phil, um, big Matty D fan, and he called me out because I, I think I bet against him, against Almarola, and my hand is up. I was dead wrong on that. And I realized how wrong I was on that bet as soon as they dropped the flag. I mean, he jumped up there trying to take the lead within the first lap or two. And, you know, having Blaney as the the top forward bet, I was like, oh my goodness, he is going to be a force. But he didn't go away. I I just kept thinking, only he'll, he'll drop eventually. And then stage one goes by, stage two goes by. And then it's like, wow. You know what I mean? The, the only way he's going to go out is, is somebody takes him out. So he was on a mission, very focused, is what I interpreted him as last weekend. So looking at Daytona, he's 10 starts here, three top 10s. Average finish is 18.1. His driver rating, 77.5. That's not within the top 10 of the circuit, but the night race average finish, he's seventh, 14.6. So, go to the back, Matty D. I mean, I guess everybody can't be going to the back, but if you're him, there's no reason whatsoever. I mean, unless you think you can kind of link up with the Penske guys towards the front, because I know we talked about how Byron likes to lead laps. The Penske crew also likes to dictate the pace. And if Matty D can be up there with his buddies, or I guess you would say his buddies on paper, uh, I think that they could, you know, definitely avoid the big one behind them 
through the first part of that race. It's just being able to maneuver through that stuff. And we do know that he has been caught up in some of these wrecks in the past. It's been devastating for him. So, you know, you would think he doesn't have to worry about stage points. He, the only chance he has is winning the race. Why would you even want to put yourself in position? Especially if you're a guy who doesn't have a ride next year, you really want to make a splash here. Um, just go for it. So plus 100, if you do bet on that, and that is the strategy that he takes, don't be alarmed through the race. You know, he's not up there. He'll be okay. But plus 2,200 to win the race for him as well. That's definitely something I'll sprinkle a little bit on. So keep your eyes on Matty D. If he can survive the first part of that race, he'll be a factor in the end. Now, the last top 10 pick that I'm going to call out, and then I've got a few top 20 picks. The last top 10 is Austin Dillon. Talked about him when we recapped Michigan, how just brutal that was to see because of how good he was. Austin's going off at minus 135 to finish in the top 10. I was a little disappointed at these odds. I thought we might get Austin at a little bit better odds for the gambler, but maybe they just know that he's good here. So last 10 races for Austin, one win, two top fives, four top tens. I mean, we know what his position is. It's been beaten into our heads. Like he's battling for that playoff spot with his teammate. He's going to need a win. I really don't think he's going to be able to point his way in. So you, you don't worry about the stage points. I heard some people talking about that um, on another podcast. And, you know, if you're Austin, I don't think you worry about that. But maybe that is something that you're concerned about if, if Tyler Reddick does go out early. In any case, looking at his stats here, I, mean, I think you just got to trust yourself if you're the three team, right? Average finish is fifth out of everyone, 16.1. His driver rating is eighth, 82.6. He's been better at the 500. That's where he got his win. But two top fives in the last five summertime races, he's plus 1,600 to win the race. I think Austin Dillon is a fan favorite, I guess you could say, to go out and win the race. It seems like what we saw at Michigan was very enticing. I mean, they, they really came to play. And if they do anything like that at Daytona, a track that they know is a good racetrack for them, man, watch out. I mean, I think that three car is going to be feisty. So he's just got to kind of control himself. For him, it's going to be more about how do you control your emotions? How do you stay calm in the mix of everything else? Because he's going to be so amped to just try to get to the end of that race. You got to relax a little bit. Now, He's going off against Brad Kozlowski, minus 110. I like that as well in that scenario. I mean, all you got to do is beat one other guy, and it's Kozlowski who has some wrecks here recently. So maybe also get a little bit of revenge for last week. I don't know. But um, all of those bets, you know, I, I do like Dylan minus 135, top 10. I've definitely sprinkled something on him to win the race, plus 1,600. And then I would look very strongly at that head-to-head matchup against Kozlowski. Those are the picks for the top 10, Bubba Wallace, Matty D, and Austin Dillon. But I, since this is Daytona, you know, larger racetrack, I got a little larger segment here for this area. So let's start with, you know, the guy, the secret's out, right? Michael McDowell. To finish in the top 20, he's minus 185. Now, he has, in his last 10 races... In every compared to everyone on the circuit, the most top 20s in the last 10 races, and it's nine top 20s. That's first. The next best guy has seven top 20s, and it's Denny Hamlin. 
We talked about how his average finish is phenomenal. He's first on the circuit. That's why we bet on him in the 500 episode of this podcast. We were on him. We love Michael McDowell at Daytona. It doesn't matter if it's the super speedway or the road course. He's proven it. It's just he walks through those gates and something changes in McDowell. So how are the sports books still not really getting him the respect he deserves? I mean, minus 185 to finish in the top 20. I know you're not getting great value as the gambler, but still, I might give that up. I mean, he knows how to keep it clean. It's very obvious. So... Look that up, and his nighttime stats or summertime stats also are pretty good. 13.4 is his average finish there, so fifth out of everyone. McDowell just loves this place, so I love betting on him. Now, two other guys, still odds in the top 20, not great, but Chris Busher. Talk about guys who are able to finish in the top 20, it's Chris Busher. In the last 10 races, three top fives, five top tens, six top 20s. Mentioned how Hamlin has seven, and right behind him is Chris Busher with six. His average finish is 19.2, but he's much better at night. In the summertime, 16.2 is what his average jumps to, and that's good enough for ninth compared to everyone. So Chris Busher, we've been on him lately in these top 20s. He's just been having a good season, and he's been able to put it together on the road courses here. Or, sorry, in the uh, super speedways here. <laughs> Can't confuse those. But uh, in any case, Busher minus 185, to me, is worth a look. I don't think I have it in me to throw him into a top 10 bet. Um, McDowell, I would, but Busher, I, I don't think I can stretch that far. So that's why I'm going with the top 20 here. And then the last one, calling out. This is what really makes you realize how screwed up the odds are. Because I saw this name, I was actually kind of seeking out this name. And when I saw that he was minus 125, I was like, come on, you, you got to give me something here. But I'm still interested in Corey LaJoy, minus 125. He's getting you better value than those other guys we just called out to finish in the top 20. And it's a different name. We haven't bet on LaJoy all year, I don't think. Um, he's got three top 10s in his last four races. Okay, five top 20s in the last nine races here that he's been to Daytona. He's trending in the right direction. He missed last week's race due to COVID complications. I believe that's what it was. So you got to believe he's anxious, right? He's anxious to get back in the race car and he's going to track that he clearly enjoys. He's the definition of anybody could win a race. Anybody could have their name in the picture here. He's Deeper pick, you got to dig a little bit deeper to, to throw some money down on Corey LaJoy. But, you know, this is just another thing that makes you mad at the sports books. Why aren't we getting better value here for Corey LaJoy? But I'm going to block that out, and I'm still going to say I like it, minus 125. Let's throw some love to a guy that we don't really talk about. And I love being able to do that. So LaJoy, top 20, minus 125. You serious, Clark? So now I am very excited to bring on our guest for this week. It's our buddy Chris, listener of the podcast. He had reached out to try to come on and be a part of the full tank face-off. He asked to do Daytona called Dibs a little while back, and he's got it. And it was a, a great conversation with Chris. Really appreciate him coming on. So we're going to break down three head-to-head matchups for anyone who loves the head-to-head the -head section. That's what it's all about. But we also talk about 
Chris and, and his background in NASCAR, it's very cool, very interesting, and also his gambling background as well. So hang tight for another full tank face-off with Chris. All right, and now we're going to bring on to the podcast Chris. He's a, a listener and someone who has reached out a while back about coming on to do the full tank face-off. Very appreciative to have him on. Tonight, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I've been, you know, I've told you the last few weeks. Uh, I'm really excited to to join and get to talk about NASCAR. Yeah, it's going to be great. And so, you reached out a while back when I had first, you know, tried to work on this like full tank face off type thing. You you jumped in and messaged me and locked in Daytona from a while you know, in advance, which was very cool. And, um, you know, sent me a message about why you're interested in, in coming on and your background in NASCAR. So I, I just have to ask you to kind of re, uh, re go through that, I guess, for anybody listening, because your background in NASCAR is pretty unique and, and pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll kind of go on two different tangents here. Um, so I think the reason I had told you um, that I had wanted um, either Daytona or Bristol was because I'm actually a Matty D fan. Um, and, uh, but even before that, um, so my dad, um, I was actually born in New York and then we moved down to um, North Carolina when I was pretty young. I don't want to say four or five years old. And um, he actually worked for DEI. Um, and more specifically, um, he worked for Steve Park for the one Pennzoil car, which, in my opinion, is the best paint scheme ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he would work on the pit crew on the weekends. And he actually had an office role with DEI during the week. Um, and then he stopped doing um, doing pit crew and going on the weekends um, to the races when I was probably about 10 um, to come to my baseball tournaments. And then a few years later after that, he decided he wanted to be more in a role like actually in the shop in DEI, kind of getting his hands dirty again, kind of getting back to his roots of actually, you know, um, fixing cars and building cars and all that. And it was not long after he made that switch um, when really the support of NASCAR and DEI alone started to have their downturn. And uh, because of his, because he had just transferred departments, he was low in the totem pole and he got laid off. Oh, and wow. I didn't really take a liking to it. Um, you know, even that, even as young as I was, I want to say I was probably, I was probably like 12 or 13 at that point. Um, but you know, I had grown up my whole life with NASCAR being a big part of it. I always knew that my dad was going to leave, you know, on Thursdays or Fridays to head to the, to the race, wherever it was, you know, Sunday mornings, you know, we always woke up, I would set up all my cars, um, in the living room and watch the race and always look for my dad during the national anthem. And, um, you know, he did have other opportunities to join other teams, but, you know, he decided to leave the sport at that time, and I kind of left it with him. And, um, yeah, the whole situation really rubbed me the wrong way. So I actually boycotted NASCAR for several years. <laughs> yeah, um, I can imagine. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, really the two things that brought me back in the sport were um, really the up-and-coming young guns in the sport. You know, guys like Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott and William Byron, Kyle Larson, all those guys, that influx of talent. And then also Dale Jr. Um, retiring, um, just be that my dad was a part of DEI for so long, you know, seeing such an icon leave the sport. Um, so I did watch basically Dale Jr.'s final season 
um, and actually started listening to his podcast as well that same year. Um, and he really was pushing for, um, you know, fantasy sports in general. And um, some would say that that's the whole reason why NASCAR went to stage racing as a whole was for this reason for to try to engage more fans through sports betting or, you know, you know, fantasy live and all that kind of stuff. Um, so just seeing that there was that change in NASCAR between the young talent and the push to get more younger fans in it. Um, I'm fully back. <laughs> that's awesome. That, I mean, that's such a cool story, you know, and Dale jr. Retiring. I mean, I, I, that never really occurred to me how many people probably, you know, for various reasons, like when Dale senior passed away, probably left the sport. But when I, you know, until this moment, I never really thought that it probably did bring a lot of people back in when Dale senior had his last run or Dale jr. Rather. Um, oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's two things I remember just from a very young age and especially my dad being with DEI. And, and of course you remember, everyone remembers Dale senior dying, but it was a little different for me because being my dad worked for the team, he found out, you know, before a lot of the public found out. So, I mean, I vividly remember being in my living room when my mom answered that call for my dad and just seeing her burst into tears. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, that's wow, stuff. always been in my blood. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. Very cool. And then before I move on, I mean, I got to imagine we talk about that paint scheme. Uh, I mean, I got to imagine you got like some kind of cool leftover merch around the house somewhere right or no is that all all oh, disappeared no, we, at this point oh there's all kinds of um pictures around the house but that actually has some of his fire suits from when he was in the pit crew um i mean there's there's all kinds of stuff that i probably don't even know about he's, he's never even showed me i'm sure <laughs> that is very cool so you mentioned maddie d so and you know talking about the young guys coming up influx of talent but somehow maddie d became your guy how did that happen um, so yeah, I don't really know exactly how it started. I just know that, um, I was really engaged on, um, on Reddit and, um, spe specifically the R NASCAR page and, uh, Matty D was really engaging with fans on Reddit. Um, especially when he was first getting started in cup and leaving BK to go to go fast racing. Um, so I think I had just really come across, I think I came across like an AMA on Reddit where he was on there just kind of engaging with fans. And, um, then the next thing I know, he's got a Reddit sponsored car and he, <laughs> you know, he's got the nickname D burrito and he puts it on the car. Um, and I think just really his rise and just seeing how well he was outperforming his equipment consistently. Um, and then I, you know, I did a little more digging on it and found out that he had also moved to North Carolina when he was pretty young and his rise actually began about 45 minutes away from where I grew up. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of a mix of different things. And I was, I just, I guess I kind of want to be different. I didn't want to root for, you know, a top driver. I wanted to root for maybe who's kind of up and coming kind of, um, you know, outside of the window of most of the guys that most people root for. So I just kind of stuck with them for, for this time. And man, it's, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> and unfortunately <laughs> it's coming to an end, but um well, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, from a well, first of all, from the standpoint of you know, kind of picking somebody a little different, I can fully understand that because for a while I was a hardcore Casey Kane fan when he was not performing very well, so I was kind of feeling lonely in that sense. But um, <laughs> the the news that broke, so you had reached out about coming on uh, before Matty D had the news that came out where he was getting. Um, 
left out of a ride next year. So, um, you know, it takes the wind out of the sails a little bit, but so as a, as a fan, like, what do you think? I, I, Cause I, I agree wholeheartedly about um, reasons to like the guy that the whole, you know, Reddit thing, kind of an open book. He, he's been pretty straightforward with everyone about um, basically everything that's happened in his career. And I have not kept up with, you know, any rumors or anything like that. And I feel like, you know, maybe people who are more in the know around his camp um, might have a, a place where they hope that he lands. Like, so what's going through your head right now? Like, do you think he's going to land a cup ride next year? Do you have a spot that you're kind of hoping that he does land? Um, well, if you had asked me a few days ago, <laughs> I would probably be a lot more positive. Um, but the, the recent news is really, it's not sounding great. Um, and I don't know if you saw his Instagram video after all the news broke, but, um, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, and from what I actually, I actually just heard, I was actually just listening to our friends over at Stacking Denny's and, okay. uh, they were just talking about how Roger Penske was apparently on, um, I think it was serious radio or a podcast recently kind of um, talking about how Matt might've not only burned bridges, but torched bridges with Penske. Wow. Uh, so okay. I, I was really hoping that he was going to land, you know, like a top Xfinity route with Penske. Um, like maybe just jump into that. They, they keep that 22 running um, that Cindric was in. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound like it's going to be a possibility. And um, yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of rumblings right now. And that video, you know, that I think it just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So I, I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. I don't, I don't feel good about his prospects of landing anywhere, at least in cup. Yeah. So, and then this will be the last thing I ask you about. It's because I, I feel like I'm picking at an open wound here. I apologize, but, <laughs> <You're> um, <laughs> but I, I always am interested in, you know, driver's mentality, but also the fans mentality. Right. So if Matty D could find uh, a ride in cup, but it was, you know, kind of like the rides he used to have just you know the the guys in the back just kind of hanging around trying to outperform shitty equipment would you prefer him to stay in cup for something like that or would you prefer him to take a uh, better ride in one of the lower series you know probably xfinity um yeah i don't know i'm torn (laughs) it's a good it really is a good question um i as, as much as I would love for him to stick in cup, I just don't know if going backwards is the right place for him to go right now. Um, just because he is, I wouldn't say he's older, but I think he is 30, 29 or 30. Um, and I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like if he was to take, take a route and go down to Xfinity or, or even trucks, kind of like the John Hunter and route. And if he was to get a top ride there where he's actually winning, can get some confidence, can get people yeah. behind him again. I think that would be the best route right now because he's already done the BK racing. He's done go fast. You know, he did Wood Brothers. He did all those rides to get where he was now. Um, I, I think taking just going down to a lower level and showing that he can still perform is probably the best route. Um, but I don't think that's what he wants because it seems like every interview that he has, he's saying, I want a winning cup. I want a winning cup. Yeah. Uh, so, it's tough. Yeah, it really yeah, is. I, it's tough. I hope he doesn't end up like I, i'm i was a fan of ty Dillon, and um yeah. just just as you know a passive fan i'm not a you know riding uh, around with geico stuff on me but um i was a fan of him and and i was hoping that he would do something like john hunter 
and he didn't and he's kind of faded you know he's in and out this year random jumping in random rides but i hope that that sort of thing doesn't happen with matty d i hope that he does grab a ride you know if not in cup i hope he puts his ego aside because it feels like with dylan he did kind of have that ego thing where he didn't want to take a full-time ride and now he got burned so we'll see but he I mean, still look, has good i was gonna say i mean just look at like aj almendinger right now for example i mean he's been you know, he was in cup, he didn't really perform, JTG let him go. And now you could argue he's one of the top guys. I mean, there's rumors that Colleg offered him a full-time cup ride and he said no because he just enjoys winning so much in Xfinity. Exactly. Uh, I know. Perfect so example. If Matt could get to his to that stature where – and it's not exactly – you know, it's kind of apples to oranges because Almendinger is just a really good um, road course racer. But, I mean, you could argue Matty D is a superior talent at super speedways. So if – you know, if he runs Xfinity in a really good ride and then they bring him up part time to run some super speedways and he's able to, you know, garner some attention, you know, I think that would be the best, the best case scenario for him. I agree. And, you know, he's on a hot streak right now. I called him out earlier to uh, hit the, the top 10 this week. Um, his stats this season, I mean, he's on a tear. So he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to drive himself into a ride. Uh, I guess it just depends on, you know, how the chips fall. So, um, and Daytona is built for him to kind of shock the world. So we'll see, but he's not set up with a head to head matchup. So that is uh, a little disappointing because I figured we'd be talking about him in a head to head matchup, but that's why I wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about him now. Um, So we'll talk about move focus here and we'll, we'll get into the gambling side of things. So, you are you were telling me just a minute ago you are part of a group of buddies you guys all share gambling advice on various sports you're the nascar guy um and you you know living in north carolina are dealing with the whole states not getting on board yet seems like north carolina might be close but um you you love betting on nascar so much you're you're using the bravada and, and those guys so um definitely have the the resume I would say to, to come on and, and go with head to head here, the matchups. So just to recap, you know, for anyone who's listening that might've not heard the first few we did, um, we've got Chris going to go head to head here and we're calling a face off three head to head matchups. And as the guest, Chris, you're going to choose two of these matchups. We'll kind of talk about them, but, Whoever you choose in said matchup is who you get, and I get stuck with the other guy, and then I'll uh, I'll do one for my end, and uh, we'll kick it back to you. So we'll end up with three, and then I'll put out like a a bad Photoshop tail the tape type of thing, and uh, we'll keep track of that this weekend on uh, Saturday. See who comes out victorious. I am two and zero this season so far, so a um, little bit of a tall order. Are you nervous at all? You skeptical? No, 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 I got this. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess at Daytona, there's not much pressure because, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, if it goes wrong, it's like, ah, eh, well, whatever. It was the big one. Um, so let's let's give you the floor. Who are you going to lead off with here? Yeah, so I've got um, I've got three highlighted that I f- I feel really good about, and I've been going back and forth over the last two hours. Which one I want to go with? Um, but I do feel like as a whole, all these head to heads were were guys I was kind of thinking were probably going to be matched up with each other. I think they did really good with kind of pairing these guys. Um, 
But I think the one I'm going to go with is I'm going to go Chase Elliott versus Ryan Blaney. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take the uh, Blaney side of that one. Um, I just, I don't know, that surprised surprise. me. Um, but I, um, I'm just, I'm really buying, and it's probably a little biased coming off of Blaney's win. But um, even before the win, Blaney, um, he's just been running so well. Um, I think I had heard somewhere that he is actually the has been the best performing Ford. Um, and then, you know, we've, we see how well Ford works together, um, at the super speedway races. Um, and then I'm actually kind of as a whole, just to kind of go to the Chase Elliott side, I'm kind of as a whole avoiding Hendrick, um, which is probably another surprise, but, um, I just feel like as a team, if, if Chevy was to sit down this week and have a driver's meeting, there's probably two goals that they have in mind. And those two goals are probably going to be, they want one of Dylan or Reddick to win the race. And they probably want just make sure Larson finishes ahead of Denny. Um, and I think if Chase is one of those guys that's pushing, they're going to be pushing. He's going to be one of the guys pushing Dylan or Reddick or Larson. And when you're pushing, you're more susceptible to be, being caught in the big one. Um, so with Blaney having teammates, you know, like Logano and Kozlowski and all those other Ford guys, I just feel like Blaney has um, some real upside here to not only finish, but, you know, hopefully get a win here. Um, even over, if you look at like just over the last, um, six races he has the one two two like seventh best driver rating um and then just as a whole um since 2018 at super speedways he has the third best driver rating um so yeah i'm just really i'm really buying blaney right now and um you know even if if maddie d doesn't line uh doesn't land a cup ride i know i just talked about how like the contrarian guys but blaney was kind of one of the guys who got me back into the sport so blaney's kind of my backup fandom here well, I will give you props because that was a fantastic explanation as to why you're going with Blaney. I love the the deep, deep dive into the Chevy camp because I think you're 100% right. I mean, once they get on the track, you know, late in the race, things may change a little bit depending on how it shakes out. But I, I would have to imagine that there is something going on where they're saying, like, we got to get one of those two guys in and we got to make sure – you know, Larson's the regular season champ. I, that was a, a great point. Um, I was, so this is where my head was at. When you said that matchup, I, you tricked me. I thought you were going with Chase and I was like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to go here with Blaney <laughs> as to why I'm, I'm all in on Blaney. Um, so you, you shocked me and, and you went with Blaney um, over Chase. So I guess if I'm going to give a rebuttal, um, Chase, more recently he has made me look silly um at daytona the last couple of times i mean he's, he's got two back-to-back finishes of second place at daytona so the the 500 this year and, and the uh summer race last year he finished second so got that and i it's sticking with me because i can remember specifically at least this season and the 500 podcast calling him out as like i'm avoiding chase uh, he, he's just not good at Daytona. I mean, his average finish is 20.8. That's not, that's not getting it done on paper, but, um, the only thing I'll say as a rebuttal is maybe he's figured it out. I, I particularly like the, the Hendrick camp, um, at Daytona, especially, um, I called out a couple other guys like to win the race earlier. Um, but I mean, your reasoning makes sense. So this is going to be a good one. I, I, this is going to be a really solid matchup. Um, and like I said, I, you, you tricked me. I thought I was going to get Blaney, but I think that's the right call. Um, 
for all the reasons you said. So Blaney over Elliot is the first one. So good stuff there. Um, and great breakdown. Um, I'm going to stick with Hendrick, actually. Um, I am choosing the matchup between William Byron and Joey Logano. Um, now, I'm, I'm realizing I'm putting all my eggs in, in the Hendrick camp here uh, <laughs> with this face-off so, here. Same with me at Penske, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's Penske-Hendrick matchup here. So I, I do have reasoning for this. I, earlier in the podcast, called out Byron as someone who I like to win the race. Um, I like his odds, you know, plus 1,200 to win the race. But the, the thing that I'm touching on a lot is people who do well at Daytona, but then also looking for the, the variation for how things have gone in the summer race. Because I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in the 500 and kind of forget about the, the summer race when you're looking at the stats, you know, just as a whole. And the, this is a tale of two different stories here. Uh, because on paper, you know, these guys are probably right near each other as far as the generic stats. But um, when you look at just the night races that they're, they've been a part of, uh, it's like wild. Because Logano strikes me as someone who likes to get out front and he likes to, you know, be up there. But he's just been caught up in wrecks recently, in, especially in the night race. Um, when we're just talking about, yeah, Coke Zero 400. He is so far down the list. He has one top 10 finish in five races there. His average finish in these night races. Uh, where did he go here? I'm looking at him. I have to keep scrolling. That's how far down he is. 26.0 is his average finish in these night races, the last five summer races at Daytona. Whereas William Byron is the complete opposite. He's the top of the list including the win last year. He's only been here three times at night, but 11.7 average finish. So I guess my point being is there's something in the air in the summertime. Um, Byron, I mean, I'm kind of reiterating what I was saying earlier, but starting up front, he's a guy who just likes to be up front and stay there. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Byron over Logano in that matchup. More so for Logano. I mean, his, his, if you just want to look at his finishes, 12th, 27, 26, 25, those are all, night races recently he also has a 39th and a 35th those are beatable numbers i guess if we're looking for you know just to beat logano um so that's why i'm gonna roll with byron there so are you happy with logano or um do you feel like you got stuck with him there no i'm actually is actually one of the ones i had highlighted and i was actually gonna pick logano wow uh, uh oh okay so i and I, maybe i didn't quite focus on just the night race as a whole in the summer race um but I did have exactly what you had written down about Byron, where his last four finishes at Daytona were 26th, 1st, 40th, 2nd, 21st, but the 1st and 2nd were those summer races. Um, so I'm with you on Byron, but for me, if you just look at Logano's, not just counting the summer, the summer race, but just Daytona as a whole, um, he actually is really good at Daytona, and he is an elite um, super speedway driver. Um, I don't really understand how this average rating um, comes out this way, but if you look at the driver averages at just Daytona since February of 2018, he actually rates a 93.1, which is one point higher than Denny Hamlin. I don't really understand it, but the stats are telling me that he is um, at least a better average driver rating than Denny Hamlin at Daytona. Um, and you true. hear that 
the same sentence? Um, and how could you go against that? Um, and we all know, um, you know, what happened to Daytona 500 this year. Um, if it wasn't for his buddy Kozlowski, he was probably going on to a victory there. Um, and then um, really, if you look back at his history, just as a whole at Daytona, if, when he avoids an accident, he is a guaranteed lock for a top five. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I just think I, I like that consistency. Um, and I know that maybe the summer consistency isn't good, and I might have missed that in my analysis here. But, um, yeah, I just – I like the – it's kind of a go big or go home, where it's – if he doesn't wreck, he's top five. If he wrecks, obviously, it's, it's not great. Um, so, yeah, whereas, whereas, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier with Hendrick, I, I just don't feel like Byron's going to be a, a priority to win here. Um, but I mean, Hey, you never know. He's obviously very good here in the summer race. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about Logano. When I think of the super speedways, I, I do think of him, both these guys, I think of them trying to set the tone and lead the race. Um, so I hear what you're saying and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous now, honestly, because I, I said this last time, I have to get mine right if I have a chance of winning and for you to have Logano circled coming into this, uh, that is scary from my end. So, uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you for the, the final matchup here. All right. So the last one I have, um, highlighted here is Bob Wallace versus Ryan Newman. Um, this one kind of shocked me, um, for how close they have the odds here. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Just when you look at, um, at least the recent history. I mean, Newman has been atrocious this year. And, you know, I love the guy, and we all love that he is back after what happened last year. Um, but, I mean, over the last six races, Ryan Newman has the 28th best driver rating. Um, it's actually the same over the last 15 races. So he's consistently been, you know, a, a below 25th driver. Um, now, Bo Wallace hasn't been as great, but when you look at just his super speedway history and even this year, um, he's, he's just, he's very good at super speedways and it kind of caught me by surprise. Um, he was second in 2018 and in, in the petty car, the 43, he was fifth of this race last year. Um, obviously this year he's in the Daytona 500, he was seventh in stage one, third in stage two. And at the final stage, he was 10th, um, before having to make an unscheduled pit stop for a loose wheel. Um, and then with that being said, JGR as a team, um, they've led the most laps at, at super speedways. And if it wasn't for their um, pit mishap at the 500, you know, Denny Hamlin's probably cruising to victory um, with Bubba right behind him. Um, and then if you even take it a little bit further, um, just kind of look at it from a, a team standpoint. Um, yes, Hamlin needs the win. And yes, Hamlin would love to take that regular season championship home. But on the same side of things, who's to say at the end of the race, it's him one, one, two, that he's not going to have want to push his driver of the team that he owns into the playoffs. Um, what a way to recruit somebody to your second car for next year by getting your driver into the playoffs with a Daytona win. Um, so, yeah, I uh, – and, and I realize that Ryan Newman has – I mean, if you look at his history, he consistently finishes top ten at Super Speedways, especially Daytona. Um, but it's just really just, – just really this recent track record for me that does it for me. Um, I, just, I don't think he's, he's got the car or the equipment to, to do it this year. So, Bubba, Bubba all the way. Well, I think uh, you kind of had me here because this is uh, this is a, a matchup that I had circled. I had Bubba circled as well. I, I called Bubba out earlier, um, the finished position, and 
um, touched on this as a, an extra thing to bet on. If you want to make a quick buck, um, you hit it out of the park. I mean, Bubba is the pick here. If, if you're going with this matchup, he's the one you have to choose. I didn't think I was going to get, uh, when you laid this one out there, I didn't think you were going to trick me on this one. You, you went with the obvious one here and, uh, it's a, it's a good pick. I mean, Bubba, the, the fact that you just laid out there about Denny pushing him, uh, to victory as a recruiting thing. I mean, that is, that is wild. It's a wild thought, but it would be crazy to see, uh, and, and fun to watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I have to pump Newman's tires, I will. Um, I mean, I got to start. If you're going to try to put a case together for Newman, you have to acknowledge the negative parts. And the last two times you've been here, it's been dismal. I mean, 36, 38. Um, it it kind of makes you worried that, you know, that crash, the, the horrific crash, maybe did something to him. I, I don't know. Like maybe – in the back of his mind, it's just not the place for him anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you hate to say that, but if I'm trying to make a case for him, his average finish compared to everyone is sixth in the last 10 races at Daytona, um, 16.2, which is pretty good. Um, his driver rating is down there. I mean, it, it's definitely not something to write home about, um, but you know, like I said, I'm hot on the summertime races, zeroing in on those. And he's sixth uh, in the average finish for them as well, 14.4. So he actually kind of improves a little bit um, in the summertime. Now, the last time he finished in the top 10 at Daytona, it was his crash. It says on the, the website that he was his car was running. But, I mean, we all know that that was not true. Uh, so that's the last time he finished top 10. I mean, that's a little, you know, it's another uh, – item in your bucket there for Bubba, but, um, I, I mean, I have to imagine. So, so taking it from a, a driver standpoint off the track, he's out of a ride. Mm-hmm. He has said, I, I mean, I've heard him say it on, uh, like Sirius XM or whatever to, you know, Claire B Lang and all those people, like he's not, he doesn't feel like he's done. And so I, you know, I don't know where he would land, but, if you really do want to continue racing at this level, this is really the only opportunity that he has left to, to get a ring, uh, a win because they haven't sniffed it on a intermediate track all year. And that's pretty much what the playoffs is made up of. So uh, this is it you would say uh, for Ryan Newman. So maybe he's going to just throw all his eggs in, in this basket here and, shock everyone i don't know i mean i guess i don't need him to shock everyone i just need him to sneak ahead of <laughs> bubba uh, and so if i want to downplay bubba even though i i talked him up earlier i would say maybe the the hype gets to him he, he hasn't really proven that he can like go out and back up the hype and i think a lot of people are going to be talking about him this weekend because he is decent on these super speedways he's, he's got a second place finish like you said um and, and you know the added pressure of Jordan and, you know, 2311, just, I don't know. I haven't seen him really step up to the plate and hit a, hit a solid double. And um, I, I, all that being said, maybe Newman can, can sneak ahead of him here, but I like your pick overall. That was me just kind of scrambling for a, a rebuttal there. I'm trying to convince myself that I have a shot at that one, but I, I do think it's really going to come down to the other two, um, how they're going to shake out. Cause I, I, I think Newman, 
is uh, a tall order for me. So good stuff. Good picks there. Um, now you had a, a third one just for fun here. I mean, I, I had another one circled as well, but um, what, was there one other that you didn't uh, touch on? Um, so, yeah, I, those are actually the three, the three that we picked with the three that I had. Uh, oh, cool. Had- highlighted green but i did have another one highlighted yellow that i it was going to be kind of my backup to go to um it was austin dillon versus um keselowski same here <laughs> oh really <laughs> all right so so you so this obviously isn't you know part of the the best of three here but who are you going to go with i was going to go with uh, austin dillon same here okay so and i was and really what the only thing was really leading me to that i didn't i kind of wanted to avoid um reddick and dillon just because I kind of feel like the pressure is going to get to both of them. I, I actually kind of have an inkling that neither of them make the playoffs. I kind of have an inkling that a wild card is going to get in. Wow. Um, okay. So we're going to, I just, we're going to I was, come back to that. We're going to come back to that, but go ahead. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was kind of trying to avoid Reddick and Dylan, but I came across a stat while I was going across, just kind of going through things before we, we got on here. And um, Kozlowski actually has the most, um, DNFs of any driver of any active driver that at super speedway history. So if you, um, I think it's in the last, I got scrambled to find my stat here. Um, yeah. So since 20 February of 2018, he has five DNFs. And then if you actually go even further back than that, um, of all active drivers, he has, 15 DNFs at super speedways. So that just tells me that um, Brad is just, he likes to, he likes to be aggressive and go for the win. And and he's a good super speed racer. So that kind of shocked me. Um, So really I'm just banking on in the position that Dylan's in, he's probably going to try to play it safe for most of the race. And then try to get a great finish at the very end and just finish ahead of Reddick. Whereas, um, you know, Kez may, may find himself in trouble. So that, that was kind of what I was basing it on. That's really, and I mean, other than the fact that Austin Dillon is, you know, a fantastic super speedway racer, it's it's probably one of his best track types other than a tri-oval. Um, so, yeah, what were you thinking on that one? Yeah, I mean, similar similar stuff. I mean, Kozlowski, you know, he's he's a checkers or wreckers kind of guy here. And in a head-to-head matchup, that's typically not who I want to bet on. Uh, you know, those DNF numbers are staggering. Um, I never never really went into it that far, but just hearing those numbers is, is wild. Um, Dylan. So talked about him for top 10. He was the first name that I was looking for. Um, just seeing how well he ran last week was an eye opener at Michigan. And so it just makes me really amped up to see what he can do at Daytona a track that obviously he likes. Um, I was listening to the, the driver's meeting podcast with our uh, guy, RJ, who came on the podcast earlier this year. Um, And they were talking about, you know, Dylan potentially needing stage points. And so the reason I didn't use this in as my pick, my go-to pick was for the the fact that I'm not sure how Austin's going to play the race. I think Brad, you know, he's going to do Brad things and, and probably, you know, more often than not, get into some trouble here. Austin, if he's going to go for stage points to try to point himself in, I think that sets himself up for being caught in, in some trouble. 
but if he tries to just say, you know what, I'm going to take it, take it easier. Um, you know, I'm starting towards the back. I'm going to stay in the back and buy my time and, and wait for the opportunity. Cause I know how to race this place then. Yeah. So obviously we don't know their strategy, but um, because I don't think they can then point themselves in or really try to, unless something happens to Redick early on. So if, you know, he is able to kind of resist going for it early and then is there in the end, you know, I, I think Austin Dillon's going to have a great night. Um, so Austin was definitely my pick in this matchup. Cause I, I think also how about some revenge from last week? I mean, if you got the two car ahead of uh, the three, we're going to maybe spark the big one there. I don't know. Like just a, uh, Brad was on TV last night saying that Austin's not returning his phone calls. Uh, so maybe he's uh, not thrilled still, but taking out a little revenge would uh, definitely clinch this matchup for the three. But um, I mean, I, I, I like Austin. It's just, how is he going to play the race? That's why I'm not like all in on this matchup, but if I'm choosing one, I'm definitely going Austin. Yeah. I if agree. That made sense. No, it does. It does. So I guess to, to round out um, the, the picks and, and kind of close it up here, I mean, you said uh, you're thinking maybe this week it would be someone other than the RCR guys, a wild card winner. And, and the summer races have been the, the breeding ground for wonky winners, just like random guys winning. So do you have somebody in mind that might jump up and snag it? I won't, I won't say that I have one guy. Um, obviously, you know, we've already talked on about Matty B and Bubba. So, you know, one of those two guys would obviously be, would be great. Um, but I mean, other guys I've kind of had just highlighted green for potential outright bets. Um, you know, I think Chastain at 3,500 is interesting. Um, Chris Busher at plus 4,000 is interesting. Um, and then even down, um, you know, a former super speedway winner and Eric Jones at 50 to one. Um, I just think there's a lot of interesting guys and a lot of guys who are going to be pushing because they know they have to get that win. Um, you know, I just feel like if, if it came down to it and, and Austin Dillon, Todd Rager just playing it too safe, you know, one of these other guys sneaks in and all of a sudden they're out. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's probably a little bit on, off the, off the wall, but I just, I have the sneaky suspicion that one of these, one of these guys is going to be a surprise winner and, and just and get in. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously hoping it's Matty D. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it was Matty D, obviously you get a chance to, to celebrate there. But I will tell you, I think I can get behind throwing a little bit of money, just kind of shooting off the cuff here, throwing a little bit of money on Eric Jones. Um, I mean, that those odds are as long as you're going to get. And um, for, for a guy who could potentially win the race, he's proven that he can do it. And then we talked about Bubba being you know, decent here. He's driving the 43 car when he's had his success. And that's what Eric <laughs> Jones is in now. So, right. I mean, I, I think there's a case to be made for throwing a, a little bit of money on, on Eric Jones, just in case something crazy were to happen. Um, I think I talked about him at the, the 500 and um, I don't remember what happened to him, but it, it didn't really pay out. Maybe he got caught up in the early wreck there, but um, I just don't remember. So this, this could be a good chance. And Jones is re-signed. For next year so like kind of pressure off i i think you're, you might be onto something there with a super long shot so uh yeah i think uh i'll be putting something in on him when we're done here uh yeah good stuff so chris any other uh 
takes for for this weekend anything else uh you like on the the slate or anything you're excited about um i think we pretty much covered all of, all of that i guess the only one we didn't really touch on that i kind of had circled as kind of interest but i think he's kind of interest for everybody in the market it seems like but you know eric almirola is always an interest at, uh, at super speedways um and if if he was to to somehow land two victories over without Harvick getting a single victory this year, that that would be something. Um, and sure I actually, would. and I actually had him as a um, at Almirola as an outright for my. Um, so you know I mentioned my the group that we have for betting advice. Almirola was my first um, pick for them this year for the five hundred. I was like, hey, we're gonna start out hot. We're gonna start with Almirola, and then what was it like a few laps in? He he's the one who created the big one. I was like, well, we're in for a long <laughs> season, boys, but. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to the well. I, I think Almirola will probably be one of my outrights this week. Yeah, that, that could be a good one too. Um, I mean, he's kind of flying below the radar. Um, now that he's in the playoffs, you know, people aren't really focused on him as much. So maybe he, you know, getting some good odds is worth throwing something down. I, I agree with you. I mean, Daytona was uh, – I, I think I had some cash on him too. And that was a bit of a letdown. So, yeah, I, I could get behind Amarola. Um, and if he did have more wins, two wins when Harvick has none, that would be insane. Um, that, that Stuart Haas camp, I mean, I, I can't figure them out for, I, for anything. I, but I don't think they've announced anything for Amarola next year yet, have they? I have not seen anything. He That poor guy is always racing. He's, he's almost – like kind of a more successful Matty D as far as like always racing for his job. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I don't remember seeing anything coming out with him signed for next year. So uh, that win at New Hampshire definitely helps, but the fact that they didn't like send anything out right after that, even with that like long Olympic break, you would have thought that's when it would have been signed and and delivered. But uh, yeah, if it's, Unless I miss something, um, that is a little scary for him. So all the more reason to go out and get it done. Right, exactly. Well, Chris, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for, for reaching out and initiating this. This is awesome. Such a cool race to do this for. The Super Speedways always make the headed matchups even more fun. So, um, And I, I love being able to bounce stuff off of someone. So you've uh, made this much more enjoyable for me. So thank you. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. And, you know, anytime you're looking for another guest, I'm always, I'm always welcome. I'm sure we'll reach out down the road. So um, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, thank you once again to Chris for coming on the podcast and jumping into the full tank face off with us. We'll see how that plays out. Stay tuned on the Instagram account at full tank Phil for the bad Photoshop tale of the tape breakdown of those matchups to follow along with us and see who comes out victorious and if you'd like to do a full tank face-off down the road in the future this year or next year we're running out of races um uh, maybe you know this year or next year let me know love to have you on um and you know this weekend i mean daytona caps it off obviously but what a weekend overall for the degenerate gambler i mean just sticking in nascar for a second he got daytona night race saturday night nothing better and we've broken down those bets left and right here on this episode but then friday night the xfinity race i mean how about aj allmendinger give me aj allmendinger plus 1000 
He's on a tear right now. I mean, he might not get this type of momentum in his career. And he's decent at super speedways and Daytona specifically. I mean, when I'm looking up stats, you kind of have to skip over his name because he's not competing in the cup race. But when you're comparing his three races um, recently in the cup series at Daytona, they're pretty damn good. I mean, his average finish is up there. It's like seven, I think. So he knows how to get it done. I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if he were to do it again at Daytona this week. Back-to-back Xfinity wins for the Dinger. Back-to-back-to-back uh, win weekends for him. Man, what a job there that would be. Um, so I'm interested in the Xfinity race for, for this weekend on Friday night. And then on top of that, I mean, for all degenerates out there, it's just a hell of a weekend. College football, week zero is back. You know, we've got Hawaii, UCLA. I'm pumped for that game. Just going to be so good to kind of maybe win some stuff on the side and then throw that into our NASCAR bets as the week progresses. Um, we got the BMW for golf. I mean, it's just a gambler's dream this weekend, capped off, of course, by the big Daytona night race. So I cannot be more excited. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Chris, our guest this week, for jumping on. And go out and place those bets. Take your winnings from Michigan. Throw them all on Daytona this week. And hopefully we can come back heading into the playoffs with even more money to spend next week at Darlington Southern 500 Labor Day weekend. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next week for Darlington. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Darling, have no place to go. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.